0: audio my name is Trevor Strunk Hegelbund on Twitter and I have with me today uh my my good friend and yours uh Alex Deegan who you know from probably seen at at Addictivity uh his, his Twitter you've probably seen his new project uh I mean you're all over the place Alex thanks for coming on Thanks for having me. It's yeah. the first time in a long time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, no, I mean, like we've we've been talking about this for a while, and honestly, there's there's so many ideas that we've we've uh, you know bandied back and forth that I think honestly probably we should have you on a second time just to kind of get, get them all. Um, but one, I mean, uh, one of the things we're talking about today, partially because like I just it, it grabbed me uh, when you mentioned it, was this idea of. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's it's kind of a lot of stuff. Like, maybe we shouldn't even pin it down. Maybe we should just start, start at the beginning. So,
1: well, well, one of the first things I pitched was I was – I'm telling the listener this – was I was telling Trevor a story about how – God, it must have been like 1995 or 6 or something when I was a kid in sort of like early forums, internet being involved in this early translation project of Final Fantasy III that got so bizarre it felt like I was in a cult almost <laughs> – so explain the cult part. Well, so so it was, I think it was, you know, Final Fantasy 3, aka 6, if you're going by that.
0: I was going to say, are you talking, are we, because I mean, if in fact it's early forums culture and it feels like a cult, that is definitely not a given that we're talking about the 6 <laughs> as opposed to the actual 3.
1: Well, I mean, the fact that already we felt like we were some kind of cognoscenti or like secret exegetes for knowing that like, in America, they call it three, but it's really six. And two is four. There's a five that we missed entirely. They don't want you to see it. Kind of like a level of weirdness <laughs> to begin with. Is kind of like uh was kind of like the basis of the feeling of of you know, there was no easy flow of information or transparency from the video game companies about like what was really going on. Although it was like video game magazines were the place where you'd get most of the news and everything else on the internet. Right. It seemed like there weren't really news outlets as much as there was sort of fan forums for the most part talking like 95, 96, I'm, I'm guessing think, yeah. if it wasn't early. Oh no, yeah, for sure. Cause like uh, back then that was like, that was the
0: era where like, I would say most of the, most of the writing on video games was, was, and I know there's like a lot of people who are pissy about it now, but like, most of the writing on video games was just like literally um, paid for hype. Right. Like, Oh, of course. yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you look in EGM or uh Nintendo power, of course, but like game pro or whatever, like those, those were just, those were literally just places for companies to be like, yeah, like, you know, the, we, we, we want you to, uh,
1: we want you to tell people about our game. So people buy it. Uh, but it was, also, it was also, it was also, the flow of information was so small that, like, if you were interested in stuff like, you know, JRPGs back then, I guess are were pretty mainstream. But if you were looking like an EGM or something, it would be like a little corner of a page with a few screenshots and just a, of a name of a thing. And half the time, the majority of the ones that you would see early on didn't even end up coming out here. You know? Yeah, or you
0: couldn't but, find them because the supply was so scarce, right? Like, oh, yeah, that was always yeah. a thing too. Uh, so, like, I remember <laughs> when um, I remember when Final Fantasy Tactics came out. Um, no, not not Tactics. I do remember when Tactics came out, but it was um, oh, what was it? It was like it was like a collection, basically, where you could get um, five and six on PlayStation.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember
0: what that was called, like FFA, I think people called it anthology, maybe. But um the I remember that being a huge deal because like all of a sudden this this like as you said, like the weird game five that no one no one was able to really get their hands on or like that we weren't told about was all of a sudden available on a console in like a real translation. And people were like, Oh man, it's gonna be like it's such a
1: game changer. <laughs> um well, well, the funny thing is also like i played five probably around this time because it had was one of the first that got fan translated yeah or maybe later I, I i might have the chronology of this totally wrong in my head but i the weirdest thing about this story that i'm telling you and also the listener is like the Wayback Machine, from what I can tell, doesn't have forums or anything like that, and I can't even fully remember what the forums were called.
0: I've, I've, I've had, had this thing. problem
1: before. Um,
0: on the on the, I did an episode a long time ago with um, with uh, Jay on Wuka about um, uh, about
1: um, eFeds. Yeah, that's what happened. Oh God, that was fucking fascinating. But <laughs> that's like the fantasy re- wrestling. Thing yeah, I mean, I
0: I loved I loved like going back and thinking about that because I mean, like it's like a fever dream. It's totally it's totally that kind of thing, which is I mean, perfect.
1: Well, in a way, I'm kind of really glad whatever footprint I had on the Internet, especially when I was, you know, basically a kid is not there anymore. I can't imagine what the fuck that would be like for the majority
0: of people growing up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Know? I but, mean, that's like you you can't get away from it now, but all our stuff is gone. It's like it's, you know, it's, basically <laughs> it was kept in like those old uh, boxes you see on detective shows where like they have the evidence. locked. <laughs> all, well, sorry, it all got lost. <laughs> it all
1: got lost in the flood um well so there was there was a forum i think on a a a website called the world is square which i think eventually became rpg gamer which is still around and i normally went on that because most of the time there were people who were playing the japan only games that hadn't come out here and probably would never come out here like i don't know like romancing saga and stuff that just kind of never made it on the super nintendo and I would just like kind of look at the screenshots they had taken, and just like kind of be like, "Oh, that looks really cool," and kind of like vicariously imagine what those games were like. You yeah, know? no, I, mean, I totally get day. that. I mean, like it was it was that was
0: those days where like you know it was before people it was before like there was a clear understanding in from Japanese companies that like there was a market of people here who would basically be a built-in market for your niche RPG because they would just like
1: buy any RPG that came out. Um, yeah. And they were fully, they fully didn't even believe in the aesthetics of it so much so that it's funny to me that all of my friends who were into those kind of games back then were really into sort of Japanese shit and like really liked the way fantasy star looked. But if you bought like a dragon quest or a fantasy star game, all of the aesthetics on the boxes and whatnot were in full on like a Western seventies, sci-fi and fantasy I mean, novels because they almost didn't that. yeah exactly it was like they fully didn't believe that i think they thought that if americans saw something that looked too i don't know foreign in some way that it would be a turnoff and they couldn't sell it sure. so so anyway so i was on this forum and around that time final fantasy 3 had been out for, i think for a little while in america and they were like All of a sudden on the forums, there was just a few people who, you know, were bilingual, played it in Japanese, played it in English, and were like, yo, the translation you guys got sucks. Like, you're missing 75% about what's good about this game. (laughs) And sort of like, considering we had no, none of us read or spoke Japanese or anything. So immediately everyone was like, yo, we have gotten shafted. Fuck (laughs) this. Fuck Nintendo. (laughs) I think the translators the translator's name was like wolsey or something and they would shit talk the translator for fucking us and they would pull up like screenshots of weird phrases in the final fantasy three game and literally be like yo how do you do it how do you do us like this there'd be like i this is this is this is so covered in in history in my mind that like it's great though. it's it's hard to like excavate it but i just remember even myself being like Damn, I loved that game, and yet I only saw twenty five percent about what was good about it. You know, yeah. There is mean? that
0: feeling, right? Like, like it, the the idea that some somehow localization of any kind could have, I, I, especially then, right? Like somehow, some version <laughs> of translation could be there that would change the way the game felt, such that it would be so much different for you.
1: It, it is funny though, because like you know. Uh, for the listener years, years later, I ended up going to college in Japan and now I do translation for a living. But like, there are times when I've, when I've been looking at a translation and being like, Oh my God, they lost what is exactly great about the scene. And what I told you in the email was like, uh, I was watching Goodfellas nice. <laughs> with my girlfriend at the time. We went through for whatever reason I was living with this girl, we went through like mafia fever. We watched all of the Sopranos and when that ended, she was like, Well, what else? What do, what do we got? So we watched yeah, All Star
0: What else exists in this genre? <laughs> well, it's real. No one's, no one's ever done
1: anything about it. So uh so there's a one of my favorite scenes in Goodfellas, like early on, he's walking through uh the bar that they have and they're introducing all the characters who have these really colorful yeah. names, right? It's like jimmy the wop and like well, i don't even remember what the guy's name is like so and so two times he said everything twice and he gets up and he goes like gotta get the papers gotta get the papers <laughs> and like walks away and you're being introduced to all these people who have these outlandish names kind of giving the feeling of like this sort of like flamboyance and interesting character of the gangland scene but in the japanese translation in the subtitles at the end of at the bottom of the screen it was just literally being like then there was johnny then there was Jimmy. Then there, were, you know, I was just they're like, "What the fuck, man? Why would they?" So I was literally probably being totally annoying and pausing and being like, uh, "This guy's name is something something no knows." And then she was like, "What does that mean?" And I was like, "I have no look, idea." It's extremely just an interesting. That you know, this guy's name is is like Freddie <laughs> thing They don't they don't elaborate on it. <laughs> so it's so. A, they don't on it. Yeah, they absolutely don't. Which is also a funny part about that scene. But anyway, so there are times when you look at a translation and you're like. Why would they leave that out? The problem, the problem, there's a, there's a very pragmatic problem for why they do in the Japanese subtitles is because something like there's a rule about the limited numbers of characters. You can have oh, subtitles on the screen. Is, at that, the time. is that a general rule or is that just the Japanese rule? I think it's a rule of thumb in Japanese. I think there's probably a general formatting rule in general of, of sort of like the speed and the amount of characters you put subtitles at the bottom of the screen. That I would guess probably got uh, ruled out and got decided on in the eighties. Because have you ever been watching like an old m- movie where the subtitles are just like yes. just shooting by and you're like yo 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 like <laughs> hang on stop like, stop, stop. <laughs> right yeah definitely. Sometimes you watch especially like uh, like you know like sixties French films like Godard films. Sometimes you they just have a paragraph shoot by and you're like gotta pause this. can you have broken that up into smaller pieces yeah but no, that's, but that's anyway. actually a
0: really good point like i I've, I've, i completely forgot about how difficult it can be to watch like guitar films particularly like art house films are just can be
1: brutal on you wow. it's also a combination that they were they were probably using optical printing technology to put the subtitles in there so they weren't outlined or anything so there'd be times where if they were putting what white subtitles on light gray or white you couldn't even fucking read right, them sure in like 50s and 60s subtitles, yeah, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um, but anyway, yeah. so, so I, I have been on the other side where a translation is actually kind of missing the heart of whatever's being said, but the funny thing was. In this time, when I was on this forum, it was mainly for social capital of a few people who were basically so they could be important. That's amazing. We were all probably like I don't know, eleven, twelve, thirteen, and the people talking were probably in their twenties or something. Sure, of course. So they could be, so they could be leaders. They were telling us that they had the secret sort of sacred good translation of Final Fantasy three that we were all missing. Yeah, and
0: this is such. I mean, that's such like a it's such a good example of like. The weird power of the old internet for when like, cause you, you were, we were pointing out at the beginning of the, the episode, like you and I are kind of the same age and there is like this old, there's this quality of the way the internet used to be where like, it was you. And then a bunch of old nerds who <laughs> were like in yeah. their twenties, but like, it seemed like they were super important and the vague sort of shifting quality of like, you know, fan subs and, uh, oh, did you like, I got a Famicom so I could play, you know, the second Shin Megami Tensei or whatever. Like that that whole feeling made them seem super important because they had, you know, apartments full of garbage. But we, <laughs> we didn't know it was garbage. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, definitely. But this, so so. after a while of, of basically being told that we had been missing the true experience of Final Fantasy three. There was a splinter off into like, a, who knows, another forum, another part of the forum where we were deciding we were going to make a new project to make the perfect Final Fantasy 3 translation that would somehow convey the fullness of the game that America hadn't gotten. You guys ready to be which was also funny because it was it was an internet project, meaning that like there was two people who were possibly capable of doing anything on it. And a bunch of people like, yeah, I'm in (laughs) as you know, spoiler alert. I, it never got finished. The Grover (laughs) house of video. Yeah. But seriously, I mean, I feel like that's, that's a big problem on the internet in general. It's rare that you meet up with a bunch of people and say like, let's do something. And then anyone does anything. In my experience.
0: Yeah. And like, this is like, this is, that's the perfect like dialectic of, uh, of, of like, the internet at that period of time, which was you just had people who were like consistently interested in weird, ambitious projects for the sake of just weird, ambitious projects for like no reason at all. And then also just like extremely dangerous and unwieldy stuff that they had no <laughs> business in <the>
1: doing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like Reddit is kind of the place for that now where everybody just will show you a screenshot of of whatever the fuck someone's up to at Reddit, and you're just kind of like you know they shouldn't let these people alone together man like this is not gonna well, end yeah right. and like that but that was the feeling and like
0: i guess like there was something about the the older version of this like especially it's something awful where and i mean especially it's something awful i want to say because that's where it got saved but even more especially on these tiny forums uh which no one no one has well, any, yeah. you know uh
1: record of effectively <laughs> anymore but uh so So long story short with the translation project, because none of us could actually do anything, because the only two or three people, I can't remember, who spoke Japanese were capable of it. And there was literally nobody there with programming skills who could make a patch for a ROM or anything. What it turned into was basically this bizarro article of faith where a bunch of people were believing that there was an unknown version of our favorite video game. That was better than we could even comprehend Man. and in the escalating terms of the internet, it started getting crazier and crazier until eventually <laughs> the thing that I told Trevor about initially because it's so crazy it escalated to the point where someone was arguing that the English language itself was incapable of of actually conveying what it's was good so about it it's like
0: III. it's like the it's like an early version of that yeah. umami. Uh, thing that that like when whenever one like found out about umami and just wasn't aware that it meant like kind of
1: yeah, like, deliciousness. Like, I mean, I know, know, <laughs> like, people were just like, "What does
0: it mean? Is it it's a special Japanese word that we can't understand?"
1: Um, I just thought it was funny that it was. It's more like it's more like like a early Borges yeah, story exactly. where people are like, "We have to make a new language to convey this," and then a bunch of people make a fake language together that nobody yeah, understands.
0: But that's the cult part, right? So, Where, like, they make the language, and then in the Borges <laughs> story, that's when they all also just, like, enter into a suicide pact. Die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, like, what's, what's so crazy about all this is the – it's this sense of I – don't, I don't know how to say it. Like, it's this sense of uh, uh, just the understanding that anything can happen, and if you get enough people together and they have enough of, like, a push together – that like you can do really dangerous but also really ambitious things.
1: Um, well, I, I I wonder if it's not an, based on a kind of like <laughs> faith, you know, to believe that. So so just to just to tell the listeners what I told you. So what what they ended up proposing we do was take English and put it in Japanese grammatical <laughs> it's, construction. It's so good, it's so good. So which doesn't really i don't know so like um i don't even know how to describe this so in english you would say like i went to the store in japanese grammar it would be store went without i in it so it'd be like i went to the store in english it'd be like i don't know um or whatever so they were saying that we should. <laughs> what what was being proposed was we made a new script for Final Fantasy III in which it was written entirely like that. And even twelve or thirteen year old me was like, "All right, I'm <laughs> <This> out. <laughs> like, I'm a kid, but this is fucking crazy." It is, I mean, it's an, it's an incredible choice because
0: so, it, it reminds me of like it reminds.
1: I don't know. It's it, it's.
0: I don't know. Like, I I hate to romanticize it so much, but it is this. Like it's this. it's it marries that naivety of the early internet with just the classic naivety of people who discover that they like things from a foreign language where they're just like, I love anime. I bet if I could figure out how to translate
1: it, I could watch yeah. every anime. <laughs> like, hey man, I've basically like, done that with Japanese comics. <laughs> I've lived that like life. That.
0: <laughs> it's hard. It's it's really hard. You can't just like put the words together.
1: No. Yeah. And also, well, I I think there's a few things in play here. What Why I was saying faith was like, I don't know, four years at this fucking point, people have been on Twitter kind of dunking on the insane libertarians and Reddit, uh, Soylent forums who are literally have these conversations like, yo, this new batch gave me diarrhea and my skin's turning yellow. Maybe next batch will be better. And like the obvious thing is like, or just stop drinking your like chalk that comes Don't drink your poison juice
0: anymore. Just eat, <laughs> eat real food.
1: Or, I mean, you know, like if, if somebody really wants to do something dietarily and different, that's totally cool. But just the idea that someone's fully aware that it's bad for them, but there's a community and a belief system based on this thing that's keeping mm. them together, I, you know. I, but, but I feel like – so w- what what that is really interesting to me is like ideas that are really powerful and yet exist in being totally not defined that need that sort of leap of faith of belief. You know, if you have the leap of faith of belief that there's your favorite video game exists in an even better form that you don't for the time being, you can't get your hands on. I feel like that's a basic tenet of a kind of fandom and sort of, the distance that people feel between what they know and what they well, want it, it, it also describes
0: I mean? the sense of like the, the kind of sense of wonder that i think is so i don't know it's weirdly off-putting when you see it on uh on something like tumblr when when like people are like you know i ship that or they there's a there's a kind of like imaginative ownership that I don't know. For me, like I don't, I don't have any problem with it, but I, I will admit that, like, when I see it, like, if it's something that I understand, they're just like, oh yeah, this is like, this is canon for me and bone or something like that, well, and it's something
1: totally different. Well, I, I think there's a there's a weird jump that happens where someone's like, I ship that is like, you know, that's a natural relationship to looking at art and thinking about it and imagining it, but like, I ship that and I demand that they make this real
0: is usually the, that's the next the, that's step, the part where it's and like, I think. You know, Nintendo screwed us by, by by presenting us with this inferior translation. Yeah. Let's like, let's take this into our own hands. Um, it's same impulse.
1: Well, the funniest thing is, let's take this into our own hands means like, uh, actually, the problem is the English language. And let's take that into our own hands, which is, isn't, in isn't retrospect, an hilarious. Sort of like, yeah.
0: uh, it's an incredible position that I think could only happen uh, with people who loved anime it's such an anime
1: position (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well honestly i wasn't even personally that deep into anime yet because it was you know pre pre it was internet existed but not this kind of internet and actually getting your hands on anime was like the 10 things they had in blockbuster video or you or
0: you bought like or you bought uh uh, fan dubs on on ebay or whatever or from some dealer you know at a comic this
1: might have even been pre-eBay i mean
0: you know like yeah Yeah. i I, I, ebay ebay was i remember getting an ebay account like 99 and just being like so amazed by it but like yeah i mean yeah i guess you are talking just a little bit before then then because ebay really was like i mean ebay would just like was a game yeah i remember but i didn't even use it as much as i thought i would like it was one of those things where oh this opens the world to me and then you get your first taste of like here's what it means to like something that takes a lot of time um (laughs) you 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 choose yeah. to either spend like hours watching it, or you don't really, or you fall out of love with it pretty quickly.
1: There was a time one of one of my only eBay purchases was uh, me and a bunch of roommates, and this is late. This is like probably two thousand two, chipping in to buy VHS copies of Mister Show, which was fully out of print and nowhere. Oh Network, man, and you Incredible. know like getting like three VHSs because they were just VHSs. You couldn't get DVDs and just being like, yeah. (laughs) And that being like weird sort of information scarcity, Mr. Show had kind of disappeared from the world at that point. So, yeah,
0: I, um, I did that with, uh, what did I do that with? I did that with, oh, you know, I got really into, and this is, this is so funny now that it, it became such a mainstream thing. Like at the time it felt retro, but it felt like, the way I was getting into it I was like okay this is actually weird cuz no one cares about this anymore um I doubt anyone cares about it in this way and and you know for for good reason but uh was transformers I oh. really <laughs> into transformers for a while wait like the the old cartoons yeah the old cartoons but like really into the old cartoons such that I started getting like really into the idea of all the transformers and if you look there are these Japanese series of the transformers that are just like real strange real real strange like there's one where there are like tiny transformers inside bigger ones that are piloted by people and like just weird stuff that never
1: took Oof. off in the states we have yeah. to remake the english language totally so we can finally put out that transformer that's right
0: but i i bought fan subs of those and like the one i remember i was like at a huge like you Know mega enormous VHS tape like what those old ones you'd get at, like, uh, with the cases that you'd see at the old uh rental stores. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember, and it was, I mean, it's from the 80s, they weren't you know, it wasn't anything edgy, but uh, I remember in it, I got it in like 2002, or I think that was probably right, and when I was like 17, and uh, and um, they they blew up the or a big tra- a big Decepticon, uh, destroyed the uh, the World Trade Center in it, and I remember being like. This is weird, and no one's ever going to see this. <laughs> <laughs> for good no reason, it was terrible. Like the quality was horrible. But I mean, along with the faith that like it exists and I should see it, is like this, um and it, like almost like voyeurism, almost like a the idea of like a a snuff film or something where you're like, <laughs> it's like I you believe know, this is real. Like, it's like video real.
1: drama. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, oh
0: yeah, I totally like video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just actually saw that for the first time. I had missed out on video drone and like watching it for the first time was like a couple years ago. I was like, Oh
1: man, this is, this is about me. Like I, I, I so relate to this. It's so funny that I feel like it really got a lot about the internet, right? But all of the specifics are totally wrong. But- right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, it, it got it right because
0: it like it was about cable TV. Like it was about like, I mean, obviously it's like, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but like the, the, the fact that it was about that cable tv that sort of like um if you get a big enough uh satellite dish um you can see anything and we mean anything like that i think was the feeling that a lot of people took to the internet at first i don't think that's how people approach the internet anymore
1: like yeah internet, yeah that that like a wild, dark web sort of co- quality in like popular culture but i don't know other than that that wild west feeling of the internet was really Great though, not so much that you'd find like purient fucked up shit like people killing each other or anything, but just the fact that there was, without it having a sort of shell of some corporate control or respectability, you could literally just be reading somebody's, you know, like "Welcome to my page. I'm going to introduce you to my llamas or something." You know yeah, what I mean? Well, yeah, for sure. Like, and I mean,
0: like that—that that was that was absolutely one of the appeals. And and like, welcome to my page. I can introduce you to my llamas. and then also you know, you might find someone who, you know, I, okay. So I'll give you an example in college when I was getting into comics again, like I had a, I had a, I loved comics as a kid. Um, And then um, in 96, when they did the whole, like, Oh, we're going bankrupt at Marvel. Let's, you know, kill everyone uh, in the onslaught thing, um, which is just like garbage. Um, I just, I stopped reading them and, you know, it's a, it's a terrible era for comics and I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't regret, not buying a bunch of them. <laughs> but, but um, like when I was getting back into comics, I got in via the, the kind of like many worlds canon of the, um of the uh, DC universe. Like I got really
1: into that. And there oh, was... what is that? There's like, it's like earth, something earth 42 like that. Yeah. that...
0: So, I mean, that was before there was, it was a little bit more digestible than thank God. But uh, this was before like infinite crisis. Someone that literally was infinite worlds,
1: but um uh Oh I I I read that one as a kid, I feel like. I, I, I haven't really read There's so super- many Crises. You probably did. <laughs> I, I haven't read that many superhero comics, to be honest. I've only read stuff in bits and pieces that I liked. But Infinite Crisis is the one where Superman is holding a superwoman who has died on the cover and crying. Yeah, is that's correct. That, uh, that cr- right?
0: <laughs> this is where it's gonna. This is where it's gonna sound like pedantic and ridiculous, but there's no way around it. That is, uh, that is Crisis on Infinite Earths.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, <laughs> but that's an old one, right? Like yeah, that's, that's from- an '80s one. That's when uh, okay. the per- I think Supergirl dies in that, and so does uh, Flash.
1: Um, but- I, I read that as as a kid, and I long after the fact, and just like a beaten up collected thing but they do hint at the fact that it's a a meeting of infinite worlds where any any small detail is different there's a world of that and And they basically in that one
0: they do um and we don't have to i I won't i won't force you to (laughs) to listen to this but like in that one they basically like the barry allen flash sacrifices himself to make sure that there's only one world basically all of these things are just canon uh you know condensers for for dc because like in the '60s. They did a thing where, like, the Justice League, you know, w- did like a séance and talked to the other Earth, which is where the Golden Age people were, like, you know, the 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 Flash with the pan on his head kind of guy, uh, or the, oh, with right?
1: the pan yeah. and the little wings on his head, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. or
0: Sandman or whatever. right? Um, but uh, I just got so into this idea, like, I was like, this is amazing, like, this is so interesting. I I want to learn about all this stuff. I was reading the the JSA comics and stuff that were coming out then, and there was just a website that had any character you wanted on it. And I would just like, I would just, you know, look at it and try and like memorize all this stuff. And and it was before Wikipedia really took off. So I was like, Oh, this is the only place I can find this. And like that feeling of like finding a treasure and like, you know, keeping it in your bookmarks and being worried that you'd lose it or something is something that like, I don't know if it's good that it's not around anymore or bad, but it definitely
1: was unique. It was unique, but it's also funny. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be so nostalgic that I inflate what was good about it back then. No, not at all.
0: I mean, then that's the risk, right? Like,
1: (laughs) yeah, I mean, the the new internet is
0: much better because it's faster and you, you can just like, you can find information. Like, it shouldn't be, it's really easy to, to, to make scarcity into this, like, into this dream where you're just like, oh, yeah, only, only the real heads could find it. And that's not good.
1: Well, I also remember when I was a kid being like, you know, much older people being like, when I was a kid, there was four television stations, and that made it great. I was like, what? No, no, it didn't. Like, (laughs) There's no way that that's true. But like, I I think the real thing that changed was, you know, without going fucking crazy, but like that early internet was fully dreamed and sold to us and to itself as a sort of hierarchical hierarchy less space that would be without gatekeepers and would be basically without corporate control. And, you know, the, the sad thing was that they kind of believed that it would be like some kind of autonomous zone in which I I think they thought of themselves as utopian, but at the heart of it, it was very libertarian. And it also kind of came out of that post seventies, um, disbelief in in power being anything but a corrupting force so you know it was just weird if you read wired magazine or something in the 90s which i basically even read when i was a kid because i i liked the way it looked i didn't even have internet at the time you know <laughs> what i mean i just like the fact that there'd be like a pink page with green type on it it's a good reason me. to read anything honestly if it's a magazine <laughs> there's, there's, but no but green I, green I truly green. think that that the internet then was being sold to us as like this is the future in which they didn't call it content then, but the things you saw and their worth would rise to the top and nobody would be making money out on the way that you were making money on things in meat space. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that belief left it open to become literally the ultimate corporate space, which it is now. Well, yeah. And you, <laughs> won't, you
0: won't, you won't ever see it being sold because like, you know, and people make fun of this all the time, but like, you know, the way the internet was sold to, to kids, like, especially when, you know, most of the places you could get the internet were at a library or like if some sort, if your parents were really into it, like if your parents were hobbyists, you might have the internet, uh, they might have like, you know, old AOL or Prodigy uh, hookups or whatever. Like the way it was sold was to say, was by saying like, you'll be able to talk to anyone around the world. Like, if you ever want to talk to a Chinese person, like now you can. <laughs> do, you, do you remember when that kind of stuff was like, That was like, that was it. They were just like, you can talk to Chinese people now.
1: (laughs) It was also sold as sort of the ultimate like encyclopedia, like some kind of weird, but not just an encyclopedia. It was it was sold as a live medium version of encyclopedia, where instead of going and seeing passages of things being written down into a encyclopedia, you'd be seeing like in encyclopedia as it was actually the world reflecting itself. And I'm talking about in the most utopian ideal of what it would
0: it's be. It's kind of like, it, it is in a lot of ways, like a, a an extension of the enlightenment project or was viewed as an extension of the enlightenment project where it's like, you know, we will hold a candle up to, we will hold a candle of truth up to the world. And that's going to be like, it's going to be really important that we do that because, um, you know, knowledge is good in and of itself. And this is a knowledge problem. And a knowledge solution that we're proposing right now, which of course, like now we're on the internet and we know
1: that like, not, not really how it worked out. (laughs) Well, the sad thing is like, it's almost like a fucking punchline that the, the kind of belief, like, okay, knowledge and just technology in and of itself is like an arisingly free medium that can't really be conquered or tamed. And, you know. On the other side of that, in 2018, it, that seems so insanely naive that that would be the uh, that that would be the driving ideal of it. It makes me think that not everybody truly believed that, but some people were, you know, hedging their bets and waiting until they figured out how to fully monetize it. Would be, it right? It would be I mean,
0: interesting to talk to someone, and I've never been able to like find someone who was like into the internet but kind of dispassionate about it at that time. Like, uh, like. Uh, like yeah. I would I would I hesitate to say because now that's just this is just me now but like an adult um, but like <laughs> we are like you know because like as a kid I, I I bought it hook line and sinker like I just thought like oh the internet is a place like you talk to people you've never met before and you learn things and then later when I got into it as like a thing it's like oh this is where like I can finally talk to people who can be my friends or whatever like you know if you're a you're sort of like a like bad at you know, middle school or whatever.
1: The internet was a real help that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I was, as someone who was definitely bad at middle school.
0: I'm glad I came up with that phrase, because that actually clarified <laughs> a lot of my life for me right now. So it's I, I'm
1: pleased with it. Uh, you know, I'm going to put, put shirts out with it. I don't want to minimize it, but I think, like, the human body is bad at middle school. <laughs> I think if there was anyone who peaked in middle school, they're probably a murderer. But like <laughs> yeah that that makes sense actually. <laughs> I I was bad at middle school but I didn't really make any online friends until until honestly fairly recently. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I I met people who were interested in what I was interested in but I never had the thing where I made lifelong friends on the internet until like honestly like 2010 when i started getting into making my own comics and met a bunch of people through the comic scene who i actually hang out with now that's really interesting because like honestly for
0: me like one of the reasons i loved uh finding twitter was because it reminded me of being online in those old ways like finding people that like uh, uh, like being on forums and stuff and saying like oh you know like these people share my sense of humor and like to them, like I'm funny or like, I have this like particular sense of humor that only makes sense in this particular like uh, space. Uh, and so like, I'm glad I found it again. Um, but then again, like, you know, I didn't, I certainly didn't keep up with a lot of those people. So (laughs) lifelong friends is probably a little bit extreme.
1: Well, I've just, I, I mean, I guess what I was reacting to is, is I've, there's a lot of cultural themes, especially the last five ten years, where it's like, it's always as as sort of the selling points of geek culture, in you know, with a trademark next to geek culture, but where it's kind of like, hey, remember when the whole world turned you away? But you know, you and your friends getting excited about I don't know Star Wars or whatever was the real thing and and know how nobody in your hometown liked you, but you had friends on the internet. And I'm not devaluing that if that's somebody's true experience. But that's pernicious uh, for sure. But it's also, I, as a kid, especially in nerd spaces, like I'm talking comic book stores and even like uh, the kids who dressed up like vampires and played uh, the vampire role-playing game in high school, like – there was a whole lot of crazy viciousness oh, in all of those sure. things. Absolutely. And and in forums especially, when I was a real little kid, I remember actually, because I was a little kid, but I remember being deeply hurt how fucking crazy vicious people were. And, you know, it's an easy thing to say to, to make fun of people on the internet, especially now being like, yo, say that to my fucking face. You'd never say that in real life. But that's also a true thing of like, There was a way people could really fucking shut you down on the internet that you were like, no one would talk to me like that in person unless literally they were like standing on my fucking throat. I I remember, I remember I like, my friends and
0: I were were starting this webcomic and like it wasn't good or anything. Like let me, let me be clear. Like we, we, you know, looking back, it was uh, just a bunch of in jokes and bad, bad art. Like, you know, it should have been kind of smothered in its crib and, and in a way it's good, it was. But like, you know, he wanted to. He, one of the one of the ways we thought, like, well, we'll get some advice, was we uh, we posted it to the Penny Arcade forums. Ooh, he was like, he was like, yeah, we'll post it to the Penny Arcade forums. They'll give us some advice, and like, basically, they were just like, "This is the worst crap I've ever seen," and you're banned. And <laughs> <They> <laughs> banned I you. I remember like sitting there and being like oh this is like this is the worst feeling in the world we have to stop this webcomic, and we did like we didn't didn't (laughs) do it again like we were just like well it's over um that was that was fun for the second uh let's never talk about it again Um, he probably wouldn't remember if i if i brought it up but like it's just stuck in my head like that is such a harsh way of losing something and like i feel like even now that would be something that would be like
1: a little too extreme
0: for the internet. Like you yeah. don't usually even see people that mean
1: anymore. This um, is this isn't the same as like making something and showing it to people, but one of my earliest experiences with the internet when I was straight up on AOL on like classic. Whatever, you know, when I figured out that AOL wasn't the internet and you could get on the internet from AOL. I went to like I the think, worst thing that ever happened to AOL, by the way, just yeah. instantly <laughs> the first, the first Weezer album had come out. So I was probably really young and I went to what looked like the official Weezer forum of the, their web page. And I guess I must've made a new topic and written like a little kid, like, Hey guys, uh, I like this album. When's the next one coming out? I heard there's a next one. And then, I heard there's a next one. It definitely means you were a little kid. That's such a, yes. that's such a kid way of understanding. <laughs> and then so, for so for the next like day and a half, every time I looked at it, new people had jumped in to be like, hey, fuck you. First of all, read the FAQ. Also, don't make a new top, topic. Mods, can we shut this down and or mute this person? And it was just a pylon for like 48 hours of just people coming into the thread being like, who is this? this they just what? signed up <laughs> the first thing. And then I remember having to work out in my mind, be like, "Wait, these—they they all had like signatures and shit, and like, like this person's the king of the Weezer form." And I had to work out in my head, like, "Wait, these people aren't even in the band. These are just <laughs> some assholes who are always fighting here." Well, and of course, like <laughs> immediately you think, like, "Oh no, I just like this
0: is the—it it has to be official." I just like I made Weezer mad at me. I, exactly,
1: I was so young that I literally thought I had pissed off the band Weezer. <laughs> In retrospect, that would, <laughs> that would have been pretty cool. That would have been awesome if Rivers Cuomo was like, like, "Hey man, sucks, fuck you, you're canceled, <laughs> dude." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, that was one of my first internet experiences, which like let me know that half the time, you know, the the basic fan premise for why everybody's together is most of the time, just a premise, you mm-hmm. know? And yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 people always get offended when I say that I don't like either fandom or the concept of us being fans. If we like things, because the usual i mean the usual reason why people within you know w- within comics the reason why people who draw comics usually say that is because they're like historically beating up on spaces that are queer and female sure but you know which sucks because that's not what that's that isn't my problem with fandom but what what i dislike about fandom is is the fact that at most it feels like in these certain situations, a thing that builds a hierarchy and a sort of need on the thing where you can never go out and create it yourself, you're always wanting and demanding it. Yeah. And, and also everybody is surveilling each other all the time of who is a true fan, who is blah, blah, blah. you know what I mean? That is absolutely like pernicious. The idea that, like, I mean, you, you're in academia, which no offense is kind of like, you know, well, it's that's the final. Yeah. That's that. the, that's the, <laughs> that
0: is like the king of, uh, it's just like the ultimate of, uh, yeah. You know, like, are you really like, are you really like pure, are you a good academic or a bad academic? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's, yeah, it's, it's such a, such a i mean it's it's a perfect uh intensification of that
1: um, so so, it so my, my <laughs> problem with, with with the idea of fandom is is just that if we reduce ourselves to just fans and you have actually like the correct way of of feeling about a thing or celebrating a th- thing and then sort of cultivated and curated for social capital arguments about how you should feel about a thing officially as it being canonical and part of it's basically being it's like being a model consumer or or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like I, I don't see anything good come out of that. I, I I remember getting super freaked out reading, you know, this was probably 15 years ago before we knew he was a rapist, but reading about like Chris Hardwickwick's uh burgeoning empire of like geekdom. And the The stuff that Chris Hardwick was just doing was basically just like turning to a crowd and being like, "I love Star Wars, you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and it, it's and it's just weird that turning to a crowd and saying, "'I love Star Wars or even being being on the uh production side of any art and taking into account that sort of like infinite Keynesian beauty pageant logic of of reaction and fan reaction and building that into a work moves farther and farther away from people to ha- having their own s- totally subjective personal aesthetic experience with anything. Mm, yeah.
0: You know I mean? That's, uh, that's, that's really, that's really smart. Cause like, of course, the, the experience you had with the Weezer forum. Like, obviously,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's such
0: seriously. a good start for uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really, yeah. The, the, I hope someone just like, just, just started listening. I mean, it's not a radio. show, But like, if it was, if they just started listening right then, yeah. that would be a good place. Like, oh, what, what is this? Um, but no, like that. That's that's one of those times where like, what you experienced as a kid there, like basically that whole forum was meant to make you feel bad for liking Weezer the way you did, or like make you feel bad for understanding the band the way you did, as opposed to like the whatever like uh, aesthetic moment that people were trying to have with uh with whatever like uh the blue was it the blue album was their first one or was it Pinkerton? Pinkerton was no the first blue one.
1: album was the first but I don't even think we called it the blue album back then. I think it was just Weezers, just off Weezer, titles. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even have blue albums when you were a kid. <laughs> I mean there was no there was no second album to have to differentiate it from. So yeah know, that's like, fair.
0: Yeah of course I mean that would that would yeah. make sense. Um but yeah no it's like it's like you know that that is like a, a perfect distillation of like, you know, I like this and here's what, here's how I'm going to take it or here's how I'm going to explore it. And the, the answer is always like, actually you liked it wrong. Um, you yeah. know,
1: you're, you're yeah. bad for it. Well, I mean, and a super fucking pernicious version of that now is there's a sort of, uh, oof, I don't even know if I should open this can of worms, but like there's, there's, a, <laughs> there's a, there are people who for both like uh, social capital, but also making money off of things are curators and sort of model consumers who kind of po- post hoc will tell you what's good about a thing.
0: Oh, like, um, like, yeah. uh, like the needle drop.
1: Oh, well fuck that dude. I don't want to talk to him, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, I mean, um, no, I'm thinking more of like, I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day, like, without litigating this here and also they're not here to defend themselves but uh in comics there's a there's a there's a festival called Small Press Expo. In oh yeah, SPX. sure. And it, and it's you know it's it's an indie comics thing. It's historical, it's been going on forever. I've personally never been, but um it turned out that Amazon was a major backer this okay. year.
0: That's interesting.
1: And Beyond it just being that Amazon was a major backer, Amazon was being touted as it being very exciting that Amazon was a major backer one. Two, the thing that Amazon is backing, I think, and I could have this wrong, so don't add me, but uh, was in on their comicsology app that they were putting out a thing that was kind of like the best viral comics of whatever. Huh. So it was just kind of like you know all the things that people turn into memes and and edit and stuff. It's like Kate Beaton stuff and sort of like a guy with no no fear written on his shirt, and someone says something to him and yeah, says one the, fear, uh, like the, things you Branson like Reese one
0: I actually had him. I had him on uh, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Which I mean, well, like yeah, that's if you ever talked to any. I mean, I've I had Casey Green on the podcast too, who has maybe the ultimate.
1: I love, I, I love, I love these people. But if
0: you talk to them, they're just like, uh, you know, when I talked to Casey, he was just like, Oh yeah. I was like, man, like what? Cause of course I was, I was beyond excited because Casey was one of my like uh, one of my favorite uh, web web cartoonists and just like, I, I love his work. And uh, it was like, it was like, it was close enough that it
1: was like meeting a celebrity and I was <laughs> like, it is a, he is a celebrity. He's been he's been making stuff that has entered the cultural, especially him, has entered the cultural yes. consciousness so deeply. And yet, like all the way from Dick Butt to this is fine. It's like he's. I would argue that Casey Green has added as much to our internet language as like yeah, drill, no, absolutely. You know, like and drill's a so, celebrity. I mean, so, who would who would say otherwise? Yeah, but like. So so the thing about so oh, Amazon yes. is 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 a SBX. What they're putting out is a thing that seems to be centering viralness of internet over artists or whatever. Which, if you follow the lines on that, it's moving in a direction where you know it's it's treating it's treating comics like content, which is how they're treated on the internet. But if you're going to a show where there are people who are selling what they've made. Yeah that sort of bizarro facelessness of, 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 you know, of, of art being quanta that you trade around in a momentary thing. It's actually, you're there with a physical copy. There's a face attached to it. It's a real different thing, which is something that's great about comic shows. Like, I mean, just, just to back that up, like my brother and his wife are both fine artists. You know, they make paintings, they have to sell through gallery stuff. They have to go through all the schmoozing events and whatnot, in New York, and the first time they came to a comic show where I was there, they were so fucking hyped because they were like, "You go to a table, you see art there. The artist is there. They're excited to talk about it. The whole world should." Yeah, be like, it's so it's so I, pure, like it, and like especially. I mean, I mean, the the other side of it is not of us are making any true, fucking but, money. You know, but, I'm, sure, I'm sure your brother uh, <laughs> would say that
0: also. They're not making uh, any money either. Uh,
1: unless they are in which case like kudos yeah. to them and like good yeah. job good job on them for well, making it work they're making money with painting more than i am with 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 uh comics but so sure. so the whole like point it. that i'm bringing up <laughs> is just like <laughs> the, the whole thing that i'm bringing up is is uh when amazon is sort of like an industry crushing giant that has devalued actual selling of work and fucked up the publishing world a and b you have to be willfully putting your head in the sand to say like to not to act as if you don't know how amazon treats right, its yes, workers at the same at the same point that like jeff bezos makes like what 28 grand a minute yeah. i
0: mean like i think I mean, even like even pro labor people at this point are like yeah you know <laughs> maybe stop Doing that thing about not you know letting your workers go to the bathroom if you if, if you're this like big of a company, yeah. you know, like maybe, maybe give them a bathroom break so,
1: so why I went down this diversion is that you know so it turns out that Amazon is a major sponsor of SPX. I don't know the specifics. I just know that a bunch of people came out and said like, "Oh, come on, man, it can't be small press if it's Amazon, I'm also like, ah, eh, fuck Amazon." was just Seems the basic a thing now. and you know well because it's fucking twenty eighteen a bunch of people who you know without working very hard were doing actual double reverse woke takes on why Amazon is good and how people going against it are are Thanks. elitists. <laughs> Which, you know, is is strangely a very popular thing in 2018. And one of the things that drives me the fucking craziest about comics crit, at least at the level of like indie comics, is like there is literally a critical stance that someone drawing something weird with a small run for very cheap is actually an elitist and, I don't know, fucking batman populism.
0: Wait, uh Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> well, it's, been a while. it's been a hot minute
1: since I've done comics
0: crit um and I, I stopped because I've stopped because the academic world of it is is just garbage but what's we'll up Andy Hobaric. Andy Hobaric, my my advisor and friend I don't know if he listens to the show or not but I hope he does but uh he does good work so if you want good comics crit uh, that's good stuff but um I want to go back to what you're saying that's crazy
1: but it's, it's just weird <laughs> to me that like you know the, the, so that's, that's why I was saying people post hoc getting the uh the actual actually big thing bad thing as woke and good is a very popular thing now and it makes sense that on the other side of poptimism, in which you were saying actually popular and sort of things that have been less taken yeah, seriously yeah, no, by academia very, are yeah. good that that that's a, a amazing stance that i fully mm-hmm, agree mm-hmm. with because you know fuck gatekeepers but when people tease that out to literally be without naming any names, but on some sort of like someone literally once I saw them pushing their Kickstarter and saying that like white brochelists hate Kickstarter. So support me. (laughs) And it's just kind of like, but the thing that drives me crazy is that is that's very successful. So I was, so what I was arguing was how, why even went in this direction is the thing that freaks me out about the sort of, uh reactionary agonist consumer take on things in which you know it's as stupid as as uh fucking nazis burning their nikes or whatever the fact that kind of uh there's a balance there's a political balance to all things in culture right now where it seems like the easiest reaction is to be like i guess i'm buying too. you know (laughs) what i mean and it's like yeah, consumer. I mean, and it's, that's, it's, that's,
0: it's voting with your wallet, which I think like anyone, anyone who you should take seriously will will tell you is like ridiculous.
1: I mean, if people want to support things they believe in, it's well, yeah, great, great, of course. But the fact that everything, the fact that everything has the same reactionary logic, like. I don't know if you know this, but just as there was a GamerGate,
0: ah, uh, yes, ComicsGate is 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 hot, hot and hot and heavy right now.
1: And but what it actually is is just uh, routine harassment, coordinated harassment. And what they do is on their free time they do live streams of them cutting up uh, action figures of the girl from Star Wars. Oh, what the, the uh, uh, yeah, they, the one from the Last Jedi. Yeah, and and they all end up. Parlaying that into Kickstarter's for their really shitty comics, in which they've already built up the consumer rage into. I was support. I was
0: so disappointed. I like- remember <laughs> learning uh, when I was on Indiegogo last that uh, that Chuck Dixon is is like a total chud, and it made me rethink like all the Robin issues that I enjoyed, uh, which was exactly the opposite thing that I think <laughs> happens to a lot of these people when they're just like, yeah, actually this guy was Batman. And if he's thinking that if he thinks that we're in a bad place, then we are, um, which is
1: crummy. and Yeah. Gross. Well, it's also like, I found out that a uh, web from Mitchell and Webb last night is a turf oh. now, which I guess if you're British, there's like a three, there's a one in three chance you're a turf yeah, that's right. in 2018. It sucks. But it, so anyway, the point I was making is what I dislike in, in sort of now, and especially with a fan identity based on consumption is that if our community feelings and if our feelings about art, you know, and talking about art to each other are directly tied to a reactionary spending thing to make our community, it is an absolute fucking nightmare. Like, and, and it's gotten to the point now where it's like, you know, there are reactionary Nazis who literally get mad at everything. So every week I see a thing where someone's like, Oh, you know, the 4chan Nazis are pissed off the new Scrappy Doo because the one of the characters is black. So if you if you got any guts, you gotta support Scrappy Doo. <laughs> you know, and it's just kind of like you know, fuck the new Scrappy Doo. You're 35 years old. Also, there's a lot of black artists right now who yes. <laughs> you could support instead of Scrappy Doo. <laughs> you know I mean? it always like, it's always these <laughs> viral posts, right? Where
0: it's like and I think like you're absolutely right and it gets at something that really bothers me about about the way we we treat culture which isn't that like you know I'm not I'm not mad that people like stuff and I'm not mad that it's I mean I'm certainly not mad that there's populism in art and like there's all sorts of good stuff there but like the problem is that it it never is like I like this because so the the big thing I teach my students is the difference between like argument and uh, preference which i think is like crucial and no one no one ever teaches but like you know the distinction between okay you know you you you, uh you like something and that's cool but you can never convince someone who doesn't like it that they should like it like it's never going to happen and so those arguments are kind of they might be fun but don't have them in class like (laughs) won't, won't get anything out of it whereas like an aesthetic disagreement ends up being something interesting where it's like yeah you know you I think this piece of art does this and you think it does that. Like let's work that out. That's something you can actually disagree on or a political disagreement.
1: And and that's that's what I that's the absolute thing I love talking to people about. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's like
0: a beautiful thing to talk about. And if you say like, you know, oh, we have to go see the new Captain Marvel because um, it's a female superhero and, like, there are real jerks who hate
1: female superheroes. I, that drives me so fucking crazy and I don't understand how we got here.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it's, I think it's, like, the fetishization of, well, so one of the things you, we talked about even before you came on the show was the, the the fact that, like, a lot of this, a lot of the video game stuff that we, you know, know and love for good reason is, like, it's so, um, it's so abstract, yeah. right? Like, there there's such abstraction in this stuff. And I think, like, that that's fine there's nothing wrong with abstraction but like living living your life about abstraction when you don't have a concept of art to back it up is or aesthetics to back it up is like you end up with just like oh I like this and I don't like you <laughs> um I liked Mad Max I had fun watching Mad Max I didn't
1: have fun well it's this. funny because also like I'm also not mad at Mad Max I enjoy am- it
0: no, no, me neither. And I think like, I think you can have fun watching Mad Max. And I think that's important. Like that ends up being the problem where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I I enjoyed this. And what you
1: produced, uh, I don't enjoy that yeah, at all. That's um, that's just so weird to me, especially because, you know, of course, representation in, in the monoculture is great, especially if kids are going to see it and it's going to help personally. Yeah, nothing wrong with Mad Max. No, 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 I'm just, I'm, I'm <laughs> just sure. talking about the arguments for representation. It's just weird to me that oh, well, there yeah, are yeah. arguments for representation in, like, you know, the newest fucking Shrek or whatever, and people are like, hey, how come there's no whatever in this? And they be like, well, I know a bunch of artists who are making the kind of stuff that is isn't Shrek, but you might like, <laughs> and it's... <laughs> yeah, you might want to look at it just because it's, it's like... It's good. small and it's good and it's probably cheaper than everything else and it's that's weird that that argument is hard to get people into or maybe it's also odd to me that like so
0: I don't want to cut you off but I really don't want to forget this like did you can you explain to me the 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 small art is is um, elitist thing like it's so weird to be coming from like and I mean this this also shows my age but coming from like. A, uh, a a 90s DIY scene. Yeah, the, uh, well, not 90s, but really a 2000s DIY yeah, scene. That's
1: a, I'm, well, I'm coming from that, too. I think I wonder... Like, how did we get there? I, I wonder if there wasn't a sort of uh, internet culture that I kind of missed when I wasn't that deeply into the internet, where the people who are dominating forums and conversations and whatnot were people saying that, like, if more than five people like it, it's shit, and those were the gatekeepers, and this is a pushback against them? Or... That could be, sure. Or I think maybe in the sort of political setup where it's just kind of like, I don't know. Okay, here's, here's let me give you an encapsulated uh, conversation I had with, with a few people who aren't even that internet poisoned. Or, I mean, they're internet poisoned in a way that is different than the way I am. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're all internet poisoned. Yeah, now everybody is. I mean, we have, an, we have a forum troll as president, so it's like, yeah, it feels like being on a shitty forum. It really does.
0: That's that's actually a really good way of thinking. It's just like it feels like you can't mute the president.
1: <laughs> anyway, so I was it was probably like 2 years ago or something and I was talking to two friends of mine and one of them was excited, ah, they're not even that close of friends. People know, a friend of mine and someone I know. I don't know why I'm I'm whatever. Dude, yes. So, uh you don't want them to hear this and and be like and think like are we I I don't like this person just to put it. So anyway, so I was I was hanging out and uh he was like, yeah, let me guess you uh you think the uh, what is it called? Uh you think Ready Player One is shitty, right, Deegan?" And I was like I was like, "Yeah, I'm not not a fan of Ready Player One." He was like, "Yeah, I'm not a fan either, but it's just weird to me how many people want to ruin people's fun about it." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Because a trailer or a teaser trailer had just dropped or whatever, and I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, he was like, "I don't know. there's all these people on the internet just pushing back against it and trying to shame people who are excited about it and I was like, Are there a lot of people doing that, or are you just hearing that there' are, people? are you are you are you feeling are you like are you making that up or are you did see yeah, did you read an article? I don't think this is a, someone who's imaginative enough to be making it up. I think literally this person <laughs> is probably on the sort of you know news circles where people are like. People in your life are trying to make you feel bad about this, but don't let them. It was already framed to him right. like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's interesting. So I was literally just like, yeah. "Well, you know, it's directed by Steven Spielberg. It's going to make ten billion dollars here, and then like five billion thousand whatever number doesn't exist internationally. Like, I don't think you have to worry about a few people being snobby about it." And he was like, yeah, "It's not in danger of like
0: being canceled." as a project, they're like. Turns out, turns out the internet isn't really a big fan. We have to stop production on Ready Player One. Yeah,
1: I mean, no one was going to march in and be like, "No, you have to do like a, I don't know a fucking Christoph Kieslowski movie because this is real art." I'm shutting down Spielberg. Like, that's not going to happen. But it was just funny to me that this guy had this pre this pre argument that was like, "They're trying to tell you this, but in reality, this." And in his mind, he was like, oh, this is one of, Alex, Alex is probably one of these elitist people, which, you know, I am a snob about the shit that I like, but I, I'm old enough now that I don't want to argue anyone's tastes with them because, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not 12 years old anymore.
0: But it's just a nightmare at a certain point. Like, why would
1: you ever argue someone's taste? Yeah. So it was just funny. It was just funny for that conversation to happen. And he was like, well, why don't you like Ready Player One? And I was like. Oh, well, I I was actually really resentful because I read the book because a bunch of people who I kind of know told me it was good. And this is when I was in Japan, so the book was expensive to buy new. And I knew so little about it because I was so kind of detached from the internet or whatever at the time that I fully expected to be some kind of twist, that it couldn't be just good enough that this guy memorizing a bunch of late 70s references would be the thing that would make him a hero, but it does. And so that's... Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yes, that is, that is all there is there. Because if two-thirds in, if that opened up and literally someone said, well, what, what is the worth of any of this? Can you imagine what the third act of Ready Player One would be like?
0: Be, that would have been very, actually that would have been great because well, I mean you could have gotten something emancipatory there like in in the sort of way it was it was vaguely gesturing towards. Yeah, um, so
1: so, so I, I said that to this guy and I said so yeah I think it's just kind of pandering and it's also weird because people our age are into it and none of us know any of the cultural references from the late seventies. And then right. he and my other friend were like, yeah, well, all art's pandering to someone. And I was like what I was like, nah that's 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 advertising works like that. That's not how art works, and they were both like, Well, how's art work?" And I was like, in the most abstract way uh you've the artist volunteers something of themselves, and then like the viewer or the reader or the listener or the player volunteers something of themselves, and either there's some kind of relationship that happens there, but it's not like a human relationship because they're both not present." And either it's positive or it's negative. <laughs> and that's what I said. And there was just kind of like, oh, come on, man. As if so, it was just art,
0: art works when you like a thing or don't like a thing. Well, and it, uh, someone makes a movie of it.
1: The thing that was making me really sad about it, and I'm, I'm doubling back to say, how could how could people argue that, you know, uh, weird personal art that someone makes is el- elitist and things made by, you know, multinationals that own 78% of the movie industry is populist. I think it's because people have, um, I think people have internalized the idea of being a demographic. I think people have internalized the idea of, of a sort of, I don't even know what the word for it is like an insured experience of, of you getting what you want, especially hmm. from a culture that has basically been telling you that it works for you to give you what you want. Right. You know, and it's like, It's funny because obviously Gamergate is and was about everything that it's actually about, which is just kind of like rage, supremacy, sort of uh, misdirection of impotent male anger in a time when people have less money and less political options and even just life options that easily in the way that fascism directs hatred downwards in a way that makes community the illusion of strength and everything. La, yeah. la. But the fact that the title that they were rallying around was gamer, it would be hilarious if they didn't ruin people's fucking lives. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine being proud of of playing video games? We all play video games. It's one of the most popular things in the world right now. That's like, yeah. It's it, there's it's nothing like,
0: there's particular. It, there, yeah, there's nothing particularly like shocking or new about playing video games. It's
1: literally it's like, like beating your chest and being like Daffy Duck. I fucking love Daffy Duck. It's like yeah, man. Daffy Duck's awesome. Daffy Duck. <laughs> <laughs> He's funny. He
0: does that one trick just once. He dies. It's yeah. good. Everyone loves that. So, so <laughs> yeah. Daffy, Gate. Uh, yeah, no, like I agree. Like it's, and this is like, I, I think what's kind of interesting about this and this is like so much, it's far enough back, which I guess on some level I never really thought about this, but I guess it's a, it's a testament to the success of the show on some level, which is, you know, you know me that is that is a rare thing for me to admit. To
1: yeah, to admit um, anything good about yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard for me to do. I'm really
1: the hard. same exact way. I actually since I I have finally this year when people compliment my work, I don't immediately start being like, Nah, it's stupid, actually it's stupid. You're stupid. Stop saying that." You know, like I finally got over that. So <laughs> you're, you're bad for liking it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of what you're saying. I mean, subtly to someone like, "I really yeah, like I this." Like, "No, that. it's bad. You're saying fuck you." Like <laughs>
0: Someone, someone the, the other day I was talking. I'm just going to get off on a tangent, but someone the other day was actually saying, and I, I, I kind of had to stop and like I was like, that's actually really smart. Um, they were saying like you know mutual mutual respect of everyone, like the idea that you should just everyone deserves respect and and we should give everyone respect um, doesn't really work if you leave one person out. <laughs> they were they were talking to themselves like Uh-oh. I can't leave myself out of that, and I was like,
1: man, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but I don't know. I always, I always rankle at the like. Well, you can't love anyone till you love yourself, because I know the people who push that the hardest are, in my life, have been totally destructive. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I think that part's sociopath. pretty destructive. But I think the
0: <laughs> idea that like, I probably deserve the same basic, uh, basic uh, like um, leniency I give others. That's yeah, no, definitely, definitely. That's probably true. But in any case, like uh, you know, one of the things that hasn't happened in the show of late um is that people people have sort of been able to um been able to divorce it from um uh matt chrisman's uh episode on gaming uh, episode on like gaming and aesthetics and like against gaming and then course like the gamer debate and stuff like that like i feel like people tell me less and less that they're listening because like they heard that episode which is cool
1: oh uh, so yeah. that was that was like a major crossover event for yeah the it was enormous,
0: and like I, you know, I liked the episode, so I, I have no problem with people saying like, "Yeah, I, I liked it." I I started listening because of that. That's cool. I like that
1: a lot. But um, yo, how does Chrisman fucking uh, deal with the fact that his like boys have a Twitch stream now, and that's like something they talk about all the time? Uh, he was he
0: he was on he was on their Fortnite stream? Um, I know, like the I didn't watch it, but they had him um they had him play Fortnite. I I don't. He doesn't like video games anymore, but the, I mean, to, to his, to his credit, uh, you know, he has always lived in a world where like Felix has really liked video games and had to just like kind of suck it up. Uh, yeah. And I, I, you know, like one of the, the reason I brought up in the, in the first place was like, one of his critiques of gaming is that it's just like, it's a consumer lifestyle and there's nothing, there's nothing to it that is like, especially useful in and of itself. Right. Like that's the problem. Like it's not, it doesn't give us anything that reading couldn't give us or something. And, you know, like, Eh, I mean, that's, yeah, I, I, well, (laughs) my position has always been that that's not true, but like, like, I don't, I don't really agree with him on that. But the, I think like one of the things that he would argue is that like it, it actively like destroys parts of our lives or actively makes us worse people. Um, I've, I've felt that with
1: two separate video games, (laughs) which which one I I felt that with, um, playing Persona three or four. Oh, okay. Actually made me, uh, kind of neurotically anxious and made me feel as if, life and all of the parts going into it and keeping track of schedules and stuff was ultimately meaningless and repetitive and every incremental thing you got from it meant nothing. And I just felt totally depressed. I played like 10 hours of persona. I want to say three, cause I was living in Japan and I was just like, ah, why bother? Life is meaningless. Ah, uh, You got a day off from school. Uh, you check your email, you spend six hours doing that. and The night ends. Fuck it. You know? Yeah. Right. And I, <laughs> it's like, just want to stop and be like, "It's not, it's not real," you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, but for some reason, that one hit me really hard, and the other one that's less negative. But uh, any of the Souls games I've ever played, I've only played two. I've I played uh, Dark Souls, and I played Bloodborne, and oh, you should play Dark Souls too. I'm playing that now, and that seems like that. I, 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 that really,
0: I, it's it's a it's a Degen game, like it's
1: <laughs> well, well. So I love everything about. It's so funny because we're actually going to touch in touch on what I wanted to talk about, here.
0: oh no well I mean we, we we were only at oh no I'm, I'm sorry, we're not
1: only at forty two no, minutes. no we're at we're at probably like an hour and twenty minutes now so go ahead. what I like about Dark Souls and Bloodborne is that it has the aspect of old video games in which beyond it not handholding, it basically puts you in the position where you have to figure out the rules of everything going on, right, which is what I love about most of the art that I love and what I try to make. And I love that about Dark Souls and even more in Bloodborne because Bloodborne and the design of the whole world is so beautiful. But while playing Bloodborne, the fact that it is so fucking hard, I put more time into Bloodborne than Dark Souls. The fact that it's so fucking hard and when I found myself getting good at it, probably because of the age I am now and the lack of money and time to do what I need to do I have. When I finally got good at different parts of Bloodborne to beat certain bosses, I felt bad that I had learned a skill that I could only use in Bloodborne. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> and so, so I got so pissed off about that because I wanted to see all of Bloodborne. So I went and made my friend Mike, who knows all about it and also knows all of the connections of the stories, literally... One day I said, okay, you're going to beat Bloodborne from the very beginning and I'm going to watch. And of course, he wanted to. And that was great. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. When I, person to know. <laughs> the, the idea that I would build a new skill set just to play this game that one day would end. And it's a hard game. Well, for me, it it's, was really hard.
0: I don't it, think it, I don't think anyone's gonna claim Bloodborne was well. Someone is gonna claim Bloodborne. It's the internet.
1: Somebody will just say it's like, funny oh, that like
0: yeah. this this
1: particular weapon was so OP that I
0: got through the game in six hours.
1: Yeah, um, well, you know, I spent six hours and I couldn't beat the first boss, and I am surprised that I even did. But, but after that's, that's like, I
0: think like my 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 take on Souls games has always been that's like the point. Like you are you are supposed to you are supposed to basically develop a skill, and like it isn't supposed to be useful. It's just supposed to be like that's what you do like you get good at it and the whole journey of being able to live and exist and play that game is like it's the whole point of it
1: but no absolutely
0: absolutely no and, and that's that's not a that's not a a, a sort of like um that's not meant to take away from your point, which is absolutely fair. I, think I just like,
1: feel like there, there are skills that I've gotten from figuring out how to read certain books or do anything. that I'd be like, OK, I can parlay this into something else. Whereas another, another example of this is did you ever play The Witness? Uh, no, but I know exactly the sort of game it is. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It's, it's you know, it's. I it's, heard the, uh, the, the philosophy in it is, is like juvenile at best. It is. And and the very fact that you're basically playing uh, connect lines a certain way. And then if you do it long enough, it takes you to vis- vistas that are supposed to be totally beautiful, where somebody will give you sort of entry level <laughs> existential philosophy. Everything about it sucks. But that even more, Bloodborne was actually fun. And when you had something new to look at, I love looking at it. The witness even more so is that I found myself learning a skill that I would never use anywhere. And that I was learning that skill to advance into work that I didn't even really feel like I respected the author at all. Yeah, you know I what I mean. Like,
0: for the, the the difference there between like w- the Witness and Dark Souls for me is like the the Witness literally you're learning a skill there. Like the skill is the important part. Whereas in Dark Souls, like the actual learning of the skill is the important part. Where like you have to, yeah. like you actually having to account for the fact that you were doing this and like. Learn something that's hard is the is the thing that's important and that's like a no, that's a that's a
1: that's a really irritating teacher thing of me to say but like but it's just funny because I think so much of this ninety percent of this is my own temperament of like I played persona five to the point that I probably have like forty two hours in that game, and at some point after forty two hours instead of five hours instead of ten hours I was like, ah fucking enough already. You know what I mean? But not not like like I forty two hours into a video game, I was like, I got shit to do, what am I doing? Right. Which is all I might as well have finished it. Except I felt that way, put it down for two months, picked it up once again and was like, I literally have no memory of what I'm supposed to do and haven't played it since. You know what I mean? Well and I I think
0: like I mean that that's the funny thing about games, is that like because they've been because So I'll I'll take, I'll take it back to the beginning because that sense of abstraction and, and like, you know, what is going on here? What, what am I playing? What are the, what are the possibilities of what I'm playing? That's all still there, but a lot of it has been also suffused with this um, vocabulary of like, is it worth it? Like, is your game worth it is it? long enough. Is there enough going on in it? Is there, you know, not, not your version of, is it worth it? But like the version that says. You know, is it is there enough in this game that um, it's worth my forty dollars? And so, like all these games are so long now, and so like, oh, well, the length yeah, is I just mean, the length is just the length. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a, a narrative choice or a structural choice. It's just, well, we need enough length so that people won't give us bad reviews on Steam and we'll go out of business.
1: Did um, you did you play did you play The Last Guardian? No, um, was that uh, long? It was something you know. It, for your listeners it's it's the people who made eco it's the people who made yeah, uh, it was on a, it was it was on
0: p s four
1: four yeah. yeah, and it was a game that was in development hell for maybe almost a decade and a half, and it was a game that was probably a three and a half hour four hour game that they stretched out to maybe twelve fifteen mm-hmm. hours. And if they had literally made it a two to three hour game, it would be an absolute masterpiece. <laughs> well,
0: that's how I feel about, it's how I felt about uh, a game you definitely should play. You should, I, I don't know if you have, but if you haven't, uh, it's, I I would, I would definitely recommend it for you. Um, is
1: a game called uh, Goragoa? Goragoa. Oh, is that the one where you connect all of the things? The to, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a pop-up book, but it's got this kind of, strange take on an almost elder god that you're helping yeah Yeah, it is it is a brilliant game it's it's beautiful too and yeah i that's one of those games that is a puzzle that i never felt like i was stuck in even once which is an amazing thing for them to pull off yeah exactly and it was about two hours long and at the end of the
0: two hours i thought to myself this was totally worth it like it would have been worth it if it was twenty dollars but i don't think people people don't really approach games as if like it's an experience
1: that is akin to a book which is to say like i know and that makes me so sad because that was the experience that when i first started playing video games that's exactly how i felt about them the fact that they've come to emulate you know blockbuster movies or whatever is is terrible
0: and and i mean that's even like i think there's i think there's value in playing in reading a book halfway and stopping like not not that you should do that necessarily every time but like I would never argue A book
1: that. has to be really bad for me to do that. I've powered through some terrible shit just because bas- holding on to some weird childhood thing of like, I can't not finish a book.
0: Yeah. But at the same <laughs> point, it's not, it's not wrong. Like there's nothing, there's nothing bad yeah, 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 yeah. About, um starting say like, I don't know, crime and punishment and not finishing crime and punishment. Right. Like it's okay yeah. to not finish crime and punishment. And in fact, like, you starting Crime and Punishment is good. It's it's like, it's a good thing to start it, even if you don't finish it. And I don't know if anyone would argue that. And like the the fact that, like it feels like, oh, this is such a waste of time to start this game to only play enough into it that I have like a couple of new ideas based on my my foray into it. Like I feel, yeah. I'm not chastising you. I feel that way all the time. And like, that's a, no, that's but, a bad
1: way to but, feel. But, <laughs> The weird thing about Bloodborne especially was there were tons of games where I've gotten to a part where I'm pretty much like, I think I've seen everything that this has for me. And if it does different permutations on what's going to happen here, that's fine. I don't need to see it. I, I probably, from what I can tell, I probably played two thirds of the way into Metal Gear Solid Five. Mm. And stopped. And I was talking to a friend of mine. I said, yeah, this is where I stopped. It was just getting annoying. And he was like, "Ah, you saw all the good stuff. There's an ending, but you know, whatever. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, but the thing that was driving me crazy about Bloodborne is I beyond all else, I just wanted to see that world. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And the fact that I would just be like, I know once I beat this uh, strange hairy transforming woman, in a, this church that I can see a new place and I cannot beat her it was dry, you know, like driving me But then nuts. again, like that, I mean, that's like, that's the moment where you, you look at it and you, you can take
0: from it what you will and you go, okay, well, I, need someone, I need someone to beat this game for me,
1: which is the same
0: thing as saying like, okay, well, I really want to read Finnegan's wake, but like, I don't have the ability to and other people have studied it. So I'm going to get someone to explain Finnegan's wake to me.
1: Um, Oh, wait. So so, jumping back a million topics, when we were talking about the new promise of the internet as like a living uh, encyclopedia, the last time I felt really like amazed at the, the sheer possibility of the internet, it's probably like, I don't know, like 2002, 2003 and Google image search was basically new. Oh yeah, sure. And I was, and you know, it was actually better. As somebody who uses it for reference material for art all the time, as they've commercialized it, it's full. It's filled up with uh, stock images and Pinterest. That's and a- and by Pinterest, I mean literally, literally Pinterest images are like a 20th of the size of any image you want. So you have to make sure that tiny images aren't coming through. You know what I mean? But at that time, I was reading uh, My Name is Red by Orham Pamuk. I, yeah. I don't know My Name is Red, but I know Pamuk. I don't really like anything he's done, other than my name is red, which I like a lot. But uh, that was the first thing I read by him, and then I read like three other books, and I was I like, "Oh it. man, sorry." Yes. Right. Yeah, that I mean, that that can happen. But my name, my name is red is telling the story of of people in Istanbul in um maybe 13th century, uh, I think 13th century, and. It's uh, miniaturists who who illuminate manuscripts for like the sultan, and they illuminate all of the great tales of Persia and stuff. And part of it is they're talking about these stories that everybody knows culturally, and not only that, all of these images done by the great masters that everybody knows just mm-hmm. by name. And, you know, I'm, I don't know anything about the history of Persian art or or you know Persian miniaturists. But when Google Image Search existed, I could literally type in the name of the artist and describe the thing and the exact painting, the drawing yeah. they were talking about would show up. And I remember thinking, like, well, I don't, why did I think this Because
0: the the power and sort of like the <laughs> majesty of the internet. The last time you thought it had like potential,
1: <laughs> yeah, that was one time that I was like, oh my god, like <laughs> literally, I can understand if I didn't have this oh, it's because you were saying Finnegan's Wake and needing some help to read it. If I didn't have Google image search while I was reading My Name is Red, I wouldn't, there'd be nothing anchoring the visuals being described yeah. in my mind. You know, and it was like, yeah, I can't well, remember no, I mean, why I, I brought it, this up, it, really. It
0: has relevance, because like, <laughs> you, you, I don't know, like, and we probably should wrap it up soon, but like, it's, I mean, not that I want to, but I mean, it's going to be two hours and it's going yeah, to, it's going to have to, my producer's going to murder me. But um sorry sorry to Julian, but uh who's who's a very good guy. But the um yeah, like the there is this sense of like I mean I I'm I'm fascinated by your take on my name is Red in, in two ways. The one way is to say like it's difficult and you found a way to deal with the difficulty that I think if like you were talking to someone who plays video games, they'd be like, Well, that's cheating. Like you you read the strategy <laughs> guide for, yes. for art. Like that's pretty messed up, dude. Like you should, you should learn art, get good at art instead.
1: Uh, no, it was just, it was just funny because, you know, it was a kind of thing that I needed another material to help me get through this thing that I truly yeah. didn't understand, but, but it became one of my favorite books. It's also a really good but book. But like, I mean,
0: like part of, but part of that is like, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a way we'd, we'd, how would I say this? It's not a way that we would understand any other media, like no other media would you say, like, well, you use the strategy guide. So you don't deserve to enjoy this piece of book. Um, and the same thing, like this, yeah. the same other thing, like you said, well, I, I liked this book, but I didn't like the others. Um, I and mean, can you imagine someone feeling that way about like a video game? Like, well, I like Devil May Cry 2, but none of the other ones were good. And then, like, just being like, but you know, it was good to have that one experience. Like, that was worth it. That was that was something really valuable to me. Um, yeah,
1: you'd you never know. see that mentioned out on like a Steam reviewer. And like, the,
0: <laughs> you know, one of the things that Chrisman gets right is he says um, that like gaming has become this this problem because it's it's a pure consumer identity. And you know, he's not wrong; it's true.
1: But like, that's not just gaming. Like, that's. That's, that's literally that's literally everything in our culture, but I, I don't know. I'll go back to what I was saying. I think post-1970s that the sort of general philosophy that was uh, accepted everywhere was that political power doesn't mean anything anymore, and I think without willfully doing it or deciding to do it, people started believing in a sort of Gramscian idea of cultural hegemony where cultural monoliths could be reformed or rehabilitated in a way that was more meaningful than, you know, having politicians not selling us <laughs> to corporations. But I, I think like
0: the reason Matt's wrong about video games and like, it's, it's something I've thought about a lot. It's, it's, it's become one of my, my preoccupations along with like how to deal with the reality of that. The labor theory of value doesn't really uh, work the way I want it to um uh, <laughs> <Well. laughs> you know, it's just you gotta think about something uh that and you know that and also um you know generally a lot about um uh video games that I am playing right now and how to like best beat dead cells those are the main things I think about that the paper the theory of value Matt Crispin's thesis on video games and dead cells um but yeah like the, you know the point about the point of the point of like saying um you know, the video games have created this, this world where you can just game, you don't have to have experiences. It it kind of like it, it puts the car, it puts the cart before the horse where like you say, it's not that like, that's not what happened. What happened is no one has any sort of sense of aesthetic or totalized or holistic sense of why they do anything. So everything is like gaming it's not that gaming is unique. It's that gaming just is endemic of everything else where like, why did you go see this art show? Well, you know, I, I read a good review of it. Did you like it? I guess I did. Like you can't say anything about anything anymore. It just like, it ends up. And and that's not, that's not complaining about the art that's being made. I know that's often used to like denigrate people, but the point is the point isn't that. The point is like, it's, it's this way of understanding art that like is not about the art itself. It's about like, Oh, you know, did did you get your money's worth?
1: Well, I, beyond money's worth, I I think the basic like late capitalist definition of art now is one that believes in sort of transactional and consumption based mm. experience. That you know, like transaction and consumption are the aesthetic experience instead of
0: an right. actual. No, and I, experience. I, that, that's actually a really good way <laughs> of you know I mean?
1: putting it. Like it, it's
0: about it's about like. Did you buy the right thing? Um, it's not even about like I said, voting with your dollar no, earlier. That's not right. It's like the the question isn't, did you vote with your dollar? The question is like, did you like, did you enjoy the right thing in the correct way?
1: Um, well, well, it's also it it gets to this point where in a sort of like neoliberal framework that there's an essentialized this is essentialized quality. That exists only in transaction, and that's what freaks me out. When there's a new form of celebrity based on whether the person is a good person or not—not not in any actual terms of what they've done or who they are—but kind of treating PR as as a given. It's it's all. I, I feel like ninety five percent of this is based on uh, the basic mediation of of how we talk Mm -hmm. about things by the internet right now i mean it's always been it's always been like it been like this but i think the uh the way that we talk about things is just perfectly suited in that way of like a, a reaction and a reactive thing yeah is enough in a moment relevance is enough And so that leaves us in a time where it's kind of this glass bead game of of totally unquestioned and usually things that have come from top-down ideas that are important as they're relevant and they're important as they are in circulation, as either money or the ball in a game or something. You know what I mean? And that leads to a time where we're all moment-to-moment engaged in it, but there's an anxiety to the engagement in it because the engagement itself Mm -hmm. has to justify the engagement. So if you're engaged in a thing that in the engagement itself is not going to have positive social and political things that come directly from it in a way that has metrics connected and other people can see then it's devalued, which is weird because the aesthetic experience is usually something with a group of friends or by yourself. And usually it's very quiet and usually you talk about it in the moment afterwards talking about this, I, you know, uh, yeah, what you exactly. saw, what you did.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I mean the, the, like the, the, the funny thing about all this is, you know, it's, and, and I, i we can, we can end it after this cause I don't want to keep you any longer, but like, you know, the funny thing about <laughs> all this is the, like what you're saying about, all, about like transaction and, and the way that art is art is understood these days. Like, it yes like arguing that and saying like we should go back to the way things were can be used as a way of saying like you know the people who have ruined this are the black artists the people who are doing oh. this are or this or that or the other thing but you think about someone like Chadwick Boseman who does who did Black Panther and like everyone just likes him because he did Black Panther right but yeah. like this is a dude who who has like worked in film forever and like has done something that I'm sure he feels is an aesthetic work or like an aesthetic triumph for him, and like all it is for people is, uh, cool. Like finally, there's represent. Like I'm sure he's interested in representation, but like even the white critics are like, you know, you have a social responsibility to watch Black Panther, and like what a what a horrible way to I know to, which, what a, like, what a uh, terrible way to have your art taken, like. Oh, people have a
1: social responsibility to watch. Well, there's art. also like, the, ugh, all right, but but the totally also non woke version of that is that if it's so easy for white people to say, "Now I've seen it, so yeah, racism yeah, ain't a yeah, problem yeah. anymore." It's like it's the same shit as people who are like, "Hey, man, I voted for Obama. I a, can't be
0: racist." There was a conservative in someone's mentions. I think they were a conservative, although who knows? But like. <laughs> I mean, who knows anymore but like,
1: who knows you- they
0: uh they were in these they were in uh, someone's mentions because uh, a player on the Cubs um uh I mean a player on the Cubs has been accused and almost certainly did um uh uh sexually assault his wife um just a really bad really bad uh, yeah, yeah, um yeah. and and the um like people were like well you know like uh like uh, oh, oh, I remember what it was. It was like it was someone responding to uh um they were like, well, you know pe- men are asking you know now are we do we have to uh are do we have to have like do we have to constantly be afraid of women uh is that is that the new world and they were like, well, you know you will get used to it. we've been afraid of it <sighs> for six thousand years or something like that um and and someone was like, huh. you know it's just like a woman uh men can see everyone's perspective, not just their own."
1: And like, I was like <laughs> yeah because he's arguing from the thing that you know men have default perspective in the same way that white people have default perspective so that includes everybody else yeah, so like, they know wow, it better than everybody amazing else that they can a and
0: it's like <laughs> well of course in some ways they can because yeah we've told people that like if they watch this movie they'll
1: know what an experience is like <laughs> like nothing's ineffable you could buy everything that's what also fully freaks me out because God, we should end this soon. So yeah, I yeah. well, get why don't, this,
0: you can that. have last <laughs> word here. Why don't you, why don't you wrap us up?
1: I was just going to, no, I was just going to open a whole fucking can of worms about that. I don't know if you heard all this, but like five years ago, people were saying like, and with VR, we'll start empathy and people oh, will, yeah, will invent empathy. That. So white, white man can put on VR and feel what black man feels. And now it's, now he knows. And I was just thinking like, you're literally arguing that white people have one experience Black people have one experience. The problem is that white man hasn't put on the goggles to feel the black man experience, and that VR is going to solve racism. And you're literally doing this as a product bitch. Like, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. That's insulting <laughs> to everyone.
0: I think like, yeah, and you know, like the 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 really crummy thing about that is like, it's just it's just the old stand up routine of white people drive like this, black people drive like this. Except instead of a punchline, it's just supposed to be like inspiring. and now and now with yeah and now with Oculus, we can understand why uh white people drive like this and black
1: people drive like this (laughs) it's like what what are we doing here (laughs) (laughs) and homer is just laughing about how lame he is when he's like oh jesus yeah but but that's my point i guess that reduction right there for for the for the point of 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 selling a product as woke they're basically insulting all black people saying that their experience can be a thing that a white man can go oh my god God, i'm sorry i misunderstood you like uh let let us meet and have uh it's like have some have some we'll have a we'll have a beer summit beer summit yeah it's like i literally never listened to you but i you know and i literally ignored you know 400 years of history but I put on the magical yeah, I, goggles. I and put on these goggles,
0: in the and man, you were right. I, boy, I don't know why I didn't listen to you before, but it sucks. Uh,
1: it's also funny because it's such a good faith argument in one way of white people just don't know. You know, yeah, like, like, they know. Like, oh yeah, white people just have no idea. <laughs> Pretty sure <that laughs> yeah.
0: the worst of the worst of the people you're thinking of here know just how, like, they know it. They might not know just how bad or exact ways,
1: but they know. <laughs> Come on, like you'd go back two hundred years and they'd be like. He's like, well, I am making a lot of money with this cotton and this tobacco, but if they really feel like that, oh my god, I had no idea. Like no one would make that fucking argument. No, of like, course not. Yeah. Ugh.
0: All right. Well, we clearly have a lot more to talk about. You clearly have to come back. <laughs> um, uh Alex, Alex Deegan, uh for anyone who's still listening, uh, do you wanna do you wanna <laughs> it's my it's 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 my fault. I I should be, I should be, uh I should be like moderating better but i was having too much fun um
1: no it was good i like how i was like man the thing i had pitched you was so abstract that i was like i wonder but you know this is better yeah no it's it's great (laughs) um
0: but yeah so like what um what can people so like people can find you all sorts of places people can read your work
1: okay so i'll i'll hit all the plugs everywhere um on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr as at a d the letters a d activity one word at activity um, I have uh, a new comic that came out in May called soft X-ray Mind Hunters, which is a weird very weird title, but it's it's a three hundred and ninety four page comic full color with no words in it, so easy and hard to read. <laughs> <laughs> and uh that's hard
0: to read you and thank you for thank you for acknowledging that no words is often and mostly harder than uh, yeah
1: it's funny them. because i feel like it's one barrier to entry is taken down so like people who speak different languages can read most of it there's a few english words in it and character title pages and stuff but ideally, like in anyone who speaks any language can read it. But then just the fact that there's no words in it, and you have to figure out what's going on, means that you have to read it in a totally different way, which, you know, all of my work is like that. So... That's what I'm doing. That's actually what I was uh, originally pitched to Trevor to talk about was that I wanted to talk about abstraction in video games and how it inspired my work. But uh, and instead we you know, talked about it. We, we just abstracted conversation. Yeah. I didn't uh, even think I, I didn't even get to the end of the Final Fantasy three. Well, yeah. Yeah. What, what ended up happening? What ended up happening was I. Uh, I Did you guys make a new Final Fantasy. Well, <laughs> I, I quit that. And then I feel like six months later, I was like, whatever happened to those guys? And I went and all of the forum threads were locked. And so they had had some fucking crazy wow. falling out, and the forum threads were locked, and they had migrated to a different forum. So, wow! Hey, the cla- its like it's like that drill post. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is Mario Libertarian uh, forum posted in history locked after uh, thirteen hundred pages? Yeah. So, yeah. so that that didn't happen. So, anyway, I also do uh, oh, tr- translations, and most of the stuff I translation. That I tran most of the stuff I translation. I shouldn't be doing this job. Uh oh. Kush Comics, called it's spelled K U S and it's pronounced Kush. Number 32, which is the Japan uh, issue, is um, 75% of it has been translated by me. And it's, it's all small and uh, people who are working now, sort of indie Japanese comics. And you should check that out. And nice. that and soft X ray mind hunters are the two things I'm plugging.
0: Yeah, and soft X ray mind hunters is everywhere. And as I recall, you said it doesn't really impact your uh, funding one way or the other if uh, where they order it. But um, like you know, preference wise, you know, small indie stores are.
1: The thing you is, want. you could go to your favorite store and ask them to order it, and it will take longer, but you won't be giving money to Amazon. But then again, you know our. Tax dollars go to drones killing people in Yemen. So if there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, you can also use Amazon.
0: <laughs> you know, just get just get Alex's book. That should make you feel a little better. I yeah. think like the main thing about Alex's book is it is a necessary social uh, thing to read it now. Uh, it gives you good politics. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter if you understand it. It uh, makes you, you taller. From it. It makes <laughs> you better. Yeah. So yeah, it's like Air Jordans except it works. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well thank you man this was really fun and like seriously come on back well we'll, I'll want to talk more about like the stuff we didn't get to today I'll see you guys soon thanks thanks for having me